Hi, I'm Tracy Koga, and thanks for downloading this podcast from ilikehugh.com. If you can, give us a follow or subscribe. And remember that all the information about the guests in today's episode can be found at ilikehugh.com. Now, let's get started. Still going live here. It's now the Hugh crew. Welcome. I uh, hope you had a chance to see the mayoral forum for hunger and poverty. And while one of the stars, I think all the candidates are stars, right? I think they're all stars. You are definitely yeah. over as probably the most passionate, <laughs> definitely okay. the loudest. Okay, okay. okay. Well, let's let's see. you can hold the mic down a little when you talk. Down. Definitely one of the most colorful. Thank you. All right, so we do have a couple of questions for you from the audience, too. So we're going to say, I think, what are your, what are you going to do so far for safety downtown? Excellent question. Simple is that my idea community policing, do not spend taxpayers' money to hire more cops and more resources because each single person, if you can get hired for them, it costs taxpayers' money. I am all about for saving taxes. Simple downtown issue is hire communities. Engage communities, that's a perfect word. Community policing is not a new thing. It's going to be happen in Winnipeg. It's all over the world. So especially in downtown, I'm a downtown boy. I can tell you I'm all the time in bars, nightclubs, and even a rooftop. So I can tell you something. How downtown, biggest problem is no doubt just for a safety, also for a parking too. People, they don't feel uh, come to the downtown. One of my ideas, I'm bringing a foreign investment from all over the world to Winnipeg. And the second thing, I'm going to be address your issue, uh, safety. Safety is the biggest concern. We just made, I'm a proud member for, uh, uh, sorry, uh, we just made a new group, All Angels Guardian in Central Park. And thing is, this patrol, foot patrol, we're going to go into uh, along with the downtown base to make sure it's a volunteer it's not cost taxpayers money and also we're going to make a good relation for cops police officers i'm going to allow uh, police officers to stay there in specific downtown area so they can understand problems like meth and they can understand local issues of uh, violent crime how we can address them when you allocate properly police officers into the specific neighborhood so they can understand, live there and understand more problems. I'm going to pull a Mary Agnes. Community policing, that's the best I, idea. I, know what, I just want to know, why are you running for mayor? Thank you. No, why are you running for mayor? Why, why, you want, why do you want to just... This question came up to me minimum, minimum uh, 200 times. <laughs> My economy and finance background. Because all I'm talking about financial statements. I'm all talking about numbers. I'm all talking about your taxpayers' money going to be spent where? Where I'm going to be saved? For my thing, no one is talking about ambulance service. Ambulance cost is pretty high in Canada. How we can reduce ambulance cost? People need one hour free parking, emergency, urgent care, cancer care. Without hiring more cops, how we can reduce crime? My idea, 24-7 construction oh, in Winnipeg. Wow. It's going to be happen in Winnipeg, 24-7 construction. Oh, you Amazing. Want well, no, okay. You know, like, the girls can talk. I'm going to grab Tim. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Those are great. Yeah. Yes, yes, I know. Well, here, we've got, we've got Don here. We can so take you next, Mr. Woodstock. Thank you very much, Mr. Hardy. Okay. We have, he, he gets we, yeah, we have a great question for you here. What do you plan to do about the meth epidemic in the city? Tiny homes. 
first of all, I'm going to build, make sure we have a hundred new beds, because that's what's missing. The detox, right now people are being turned away from detox, and the only reason why people are being turned away from detox, we have an administration who have never stopped and looked at this problem to try and solve it, and this is a four-year problem that they know about, and they refuse to have dealt with it until I have that outburst and stage and people call me, whatever. But the fact is, med crisis is here and we should have addressed it. 100 new beds, we're also gonna build tiny homes because- Where, which part of the city are you thinking? I am thinking just outside the city. With all due respect to the Bruce House Recovery Center, it's a $1,500 a month that people who are on med goes in there and that's a three month window. For the med crisis, you need at least 18 months to two years and everybody clap and applaud and yeah, we have something. No, we don't. And that's the false of this whole thing, that people throw these things up to trick us. And I'm saying, no, let us be real, let us be honest. So I've identified properties just outside the city. Which part? North, south, east, west? You go 45 minutes, east, west, north, or south of Winnipeg, and you can find a lot of land. And, and Tiny Home, Homes for Heroes Foundation, came to Winnipeg, asked the current administration for to help them build. All they wanted was to do was buy so you're thinking like a tiny home community, is that what you're thinking? You betcha that will have that will allow them to have affordable long term. People who talk about long term and say three months, they're lying to you. They're not being honest. Well, thank, thank you, you very so much for your answer. Yes. Thank you. Is Eva gonna move in Brian here? So yes, I'll pass the mic to move Eva. There you are, Rana. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna jump over to um, Hi there, Tracy. We're gonna jump over to Brian. Uh, sorry, I'm going around in circles. I don't there mean to make are. you guys. So, Rana, do you have a question here? For um, I do. Or for Doug, for Doug. Rather, Doug. Um, so, Doug, mental health and homelessness are correlated. I think you guys uh, talked a little bit about uh, mental health and homelessness. So it's kind of a repeat question. Uh, any plans to address um, mental health issues um, as it affects homelessness and poverty? So what we have here that's very, very interesting is that we're <laughs> at a point now where we know that mental health has a actual measurable amount, measurable percentage of people that are homeless today. When we have mental health problems and they are on the street, that rapidly multiplies the problem. Now your question specifically is, how do we correlate the action? Is that right, Reina? Yes. How do we correlate? Okay, so yeah, so poverty, homelessness, and mental health, essentially. Exactly. The so correlation the and how do they relate to each other. So, so the first thing on the plan is housing first, because we need to get them into a stable environment and fed and ready to accept what we can do as far as, as re, reorganizing their life so it's a sustainable lifestyle. And that's the key part of it all. And that takes a large percentage of the people that are on the, that are on the streets today. And we can do this, but we have to work together. So just as a follow-up question, um, do you feel that um, if you were to be elected mayor, you could take that challenge on and have it resolved within a four-year term. Uh, so I have a different position than all the other candidates, and that is that I am... I figure that, which is why I want to ask you that. <laughs> I'm the former mayor of a, of a town that became a city, and we, we solve problems through growth. And the one important aspect here that I bring to the table is that I am a 24-7 guy. I'm here. I know that the other candidates have a lot of things going on in their lives, and, and this is where we are a little bit different. I've had my experience of being 
at the job and at the job doing it 24-7. Not raising kids, not having a business to run. Full-time full mayor. Thank you very much, Tracy. Thank you, Raina. Really good to see you guys. Hi guys. You can give okay, him so a mic. I, you, you have a mic on. You I, can give okay. Brian the mic. Okay. You, you get okay. the yeah, right. you get to okay. the I get to ask okay, you questions. Uh, no. <laughs> I've got some questions okay, for you. Have, yeah. I've got one here just for you actually. Yeah. Okay. You can go ahead. You don't need the mic. Oh, you oh I don't? Okay, okay perfect. Okay. Mr. Bowman brought up an excellent point at the beginning of the forum. Intentions and the will to see initiatives to completion are limited to resources and more crucially time. As mayor, what strategies do you have to budget your resources and time so you don't pass another mayoral term without crossing that red tape? so we can truly improve the number of acute issues that the city of Winnipeg faces year in and year out. From a student here at the U of M. Sure, okay. Well, I mean, firstly, uh, we have to balance our budget. I've balanced four budgets, and this last year we uh, increased the size of government to the lowest level in the history of the city of Winnipeg. And so um, within that budget, of course, you have to scrutinize the value for the dollars that you're you're spending on behalf of taxpayers. It's not... It's not you know, City Hall's money, it's it's everybody else's money, so it's about scrutinizing those dollars. Did I answer the question? I just want to make sure. I think sure. a little bit, and I think also the, the term red tape is in there, so how okay, can we sure. eliminate barriers to getting things done, not just for you and City yeah. Council, but for the everyday citizen who's looking to get goods and services from the city and yeah. eliminating those barriers? Well, customer service initiative is something that I've started. We've been working on everything from a permits, uh, uh, permits logistics desk in collaboration with the Winnipeg Chamber of Commerce, the bylaw review. I've made further announcements during this campaign campaign on how we can further reduce red tape um, and really just make sure that City Hall is is more open for business than it is even right now. Uh, we've got more businesses now than ever before in our history. We've been lowering the business tax, increasing the small business tax exemptions threshold, which means 50% of businesses don't pay any business tax now, uh, which means they can uh, support job creation and they can support growth in the community. So do you feel that efficiency has increased under your watch then as well? Um, it has uh, absolutely efficiency and also really focusing on innovation. Um, okay, not talk just to from about a, that in terms yeah, of so, digital and moving things from analog to digital yeah. and getting us more online and being able to do things online, even from our phones, that we could interact with city services. Yeah, and I know you know that. Of course, moving to our permits <laughs> online. So, yeah. we, of course, that's new. Uh, we have a new chief innovation officer, Michael Laguerre, who's oh, a former absolutely. chair of the Winnipeg yes. Chamber of Commerce. Yes. We have a new full standing committee of council. That's the innovation committee. Um, we've got a, a new capital dashboard. We've moved up in the ranks from double digits to third in the country for Open Cities Index. We're now the third most open and transparent city in the country. And that's just been in the last four years that we've been able to move up those ranks. And open government. Uh, all of these initiatives are intended to make sure the information is accessible to entrepreneurs in machine-readable format so that they can commercialize all that data. We collect a lot of data on behalf of Winnipeggers. And I want to make sure we liberate that data, get it out, because it keeps uh, it keeps us accountable at City yeah. Hall, but also you can commercialize that data to do some good things in the community. Thanks to Tracy, who is actually <laughs> really yeah. really the mayor. she's yeah she's a great. <laughs> I'm not going to argue with you here. Based on uh, just when yeah. you began, sure. so when you all kind of started out, you 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 know alluded to the fact that there were most of the candidates were here, yeah. but there was a candidate that didn't make it, and um, I think a lot of people in the crowd kind of. Uh, enjoyed that or they clapped for that mostly because of the homelessness and poverty panel. Yeah. So um, how do you actually feel about that? I mean, and you, you know that you've been going through all these debates. Yeah. We've all kind of been through the ringer and gone through debate to forum to forum and uh, I just, I guess my question is, it was such an important one. Do you feel that 
maybe it's not taken seriously or you know like how do you feel yeah. about that I mean poverty homelessness is such an important issue right uh, I mean there, there were two candidates that weren't here I know one had declined and, and I, I, I was hoping she would come uh, she's missed other other debates as well uh, this was an approach and a political style that we saw in the last campaign Gord Steves uh, didn't come to most of the debates um, and and if there's a if there's a topic that uh, that that is important uh, you know one of the most important topics that a mayor has to face is how do you how do you look after those that that need the most help in our community and that's what we were talking about here tonight and so it was a missed opportunity to present uh, a vision and a positive platform that uh, this candidate missed I also was looking forward to hearing how she's going to pay for 1.2 billion dollars in promises because our debt ceiling is 145 million so you know there is massive cuts and even one of her uh, supporters Ross Eady has acknowledged uh, that uh, she's going to be cutting services and so uh, I think everybody here would have liked the opportunity to be able to ask her what services are you going to cut are you going to hide them along with your campaign donors I mean let's let's be honest with people so let's talk a little bit as well about the transit and the sure. low-income bus pass because obviously we're going to be getting some BRT so talk to me about how um, low-income transit passes and BRT can help people in certain areas of the city be more mobile and access jobs that are not necessarily available in their immediate communities. Well, part of uh, presenting a vision and, and governing for a city that's growing is how do you keep the city moving? And so, uh, yes, fixing the roads has been a really big priority for me. We've got the $976 million uh, plan that's costed and is unanimously supported by council. That's going to help transit as well because a lot of those buses drive on our roads. Uh, the transit improvements uh, that need to be made need to be made from a rider perspective. The transit system, there's good people working in transit, but the system is set up for transit. We need to turn it on its head. And so, um, you know, everything from BRT, improving the rider experience on the existing routes, looking at high-frequency networks, mm-hmm. um, the changes that are coming will, and if I'm elected, will represent, I think, the most significant changes in a generation to transit. I, I've been taking the 66 bus since I was a kid. It's the, yes. the bus that comes oh, yeah. in from Charleswood. You know that bus, yeah. And so it hasn't changed, but the city has changed a lot. It's changed a lot in the last four years. And so the routes don't necessarily make sense. Um, that means change, and change is difficult. And so if we're looking at high-frequency networks, that means you're going to be reallocating resources, and it's it's going to take real leadership to do that. So to touch on those resources that we need for transit, is part of that a safety issue as well? Because like you, and maybe all of us here, I took the bus when I was a kid starting when I was 11 or 12. I don't know if I would send my child on a bus without me at this same age. So if safety is an issue, how can we um, mitigate that risk with either personnel on uh, buses that are sort of monitoring, or how do we do that and keep people safe at all times? First thing, great question. To because more uh, transit yeah, use. unsafe or inaccessible transit is is not going to be a successful transit, and so uh, it's also we want to make sure our citizens are as safe as possible. And so, um, one thing I, I can't do is I can't direct the operations of the police service. There's a provincial law that prohibits me from saying, "Well, I'm just going to put you know I'm going to put police officers on buses." That's that's not how the legislation works. Right. And and so, but what we did do is we created a transit advisory committee so we can be working collaboratively with stakeholders including ATU, um, and we're now implementing uh, those recommendations, which I've embraced wholeheartedly. Every recommendation that came forward from increased safety inspectors to uh, pilot pro 
projects for uh, for safety shields um, to uh, a number of other measures. Uh, one of the things that we started well before the Transit Advisory Committee was looking at Wi-Fi on buses. And the reason why that's important isn't because of Netflix. That doesn't keep you yes. safe. The reason it's important is we want to be able to use the technology to live stream video, and I want to be able to make changes to the Pego system so it's it's more responsive to updates that people make in real time. And so real improvements is why we're, we're testing those buses right now and safety. Thank you, thank you Mr. Mayor. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, right. guys. Have a great night. Okay, you yeah. too. Thanks. 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 All right. We can so try we grabbed Tim, we'll but he's actually, you know what? That, uh, the yeah. gentleman yeah. that Tim's talking to, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he had some really important... Arby Russell, yeah. uh, well-known in the community who has yeah. really um, helped change the lives of... Yeah. No, I mean, it's been... Well, Winnipeg's youth, for sure, in his neighborhood, and the success stories that he talks yeah. about are incredible. Yeah. And I think so that... Um, Come on, Hi. Tim. Good evening. Come on, and don't, 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 don't right over here. You're in the by three women, okay? Yeah, I know. Yeah. 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 Be polite. No, that's don't okay. be polite. Where is this? You want me to that's, hold this? That's your mic. All right. So, no. You so, anyways, we were just having a good one. Susie comes in here, too. Are you sure? Yeah, okay. come on in, too. Because, I mean, you were just talking right now to a gentleman, actually, and he had some really good points. He was a teacher, and he was talking, and uh, and you were chatting. Mr. McKinnon. Mr. McKinnon. Mr. McKinnon, yeah. yes. So, what was he talking about? What what was he? What was his issue? Do you know? I, I do. I just want to get his permission before I talk about a conversation I had with him, but oh, okay. I, I will paraphrase yeah, you know, without breaching confidence. Yeah, Part sure. of the thing is, is that I, I'd like to make sure I get all sides before I engage on yeah. that conversation. Um, but this is a conversation. Yes, yes, we'll make this a conversation. Uh, his uh, suggestion that there should be more interaction with the teachers, the students, uh, so that we encourage more play, sport, arts, recreation, yeah. is proven. Yeah. It's, it's no longer an issue of opinion, yeah. it's proven. Yeah. Uh, I, I mentioned that a, a school lunch program yes. uh, increases the chances of a child, uh, I think it's by 30%. It's a ridiculously right. high number. Well, and Winnipeg Harvest is doing the bre uh, B2 breakfast, so I mean, and, and, we know and, that and too. All, like, it's, this is an investment. So what I end up with, I end up with a bunch of people who are pushing farther and farther out of town, or worse, are pushing out of the city altogether in the tax base. They wear and tear on our public safety and our roads and everything as they commute from their ring communities. And then when I engage them, because I have a, an ability to engage people in my workplace, basically listen, nod, look pensive, that look right there, and then hopefully he'll go away. But what happens is I get their undivided attention on issues and they become candid with me with, well, why am I going to pay for that? And let's put a business model to child poverty, hunger, fear, pain, hate, all the beautiful things I deal with you every so day. Right when you said that we either feed them now in school or we feed them in jail and later. that's exactly And that's been it. proven time and time again with Breakfast Clubs of Canada and all kinds of um, So how do, we, how do we get them so they don't end up having to spend $20 for every dollar while they're in prison? And the question is, we can do as a municipality, one, breakfast program. Two, allowing teachers to be empowered, not police figures and figures of authority and uniforms with guns in our school. No. I want the teacher. My wife's a teacher. She's like, we don't need that. The third is, well, we'll get rid of homework until grade 11, and the more significant point when it comes to uh, engaging kids and that they'll graduate is is truancy. So why is truancy, hang on, why is truancy so much higher in core area schools than it is, say, out in Charleswood, where Brian Bowman grew up? 
And this is something I wouldn't know anything about, except I consistently deal with people who don't graduate from school, and you're 40% less likely to graduate if you have three absences a month. So to bring back to, you know, you round up the lunches and the truancy issue, is it more, I and mean, we've seen this in the States and in inner city schools and things like that, where they make the school basically like a second home. And it might not, they might not have an ideal home life to begin with, so what we can do is make that school a home place for them. It's the place where they belong, okay, I'm going to stop you right there. Can you lower your chin down? No, no, come here. Lower your chin down. I'll give you my glasses. Those are my exact words. Yeah. So what do you want? I can nod and agree because that's exactly it. That is exactly it. The problem we have is that as soon as you engage the word home with a, a, and for the most part, I think we're somewhere around three quarters of an indigenous population in the area I work, they're very sensitive to the idea of residency when it is attached to school. So it has to be clear. This is not your home. This is a place where you can come to stay from feel safe. But a safe place to play. Exactly. And it's a place where parents can become involved as well. And that's exactly what happens. GTAs, too. Like, this is win, win, win on many levels. But I do have a question. Okay. And this came from the audience. So you mentioned making criminals pay for their time. Yet today you say you understand that poverty leads to criminalization. How can you make poor people, i.e. criminals, pay for this? Okay. And I didn't say that today about the impoverished people being an exemption. I had two crimes in mind, and I clarified that, but I didn't clarify it at the uh, at the time. Nobody asked me the question. Later on, Hal Anderson asked me that on the air, and I was very clear. The first one is impaired driving. Now, we got to remember how much we're paying every time we process an impaired driver. And they can afford a car, they can afford liquor, insurance, gas. Well, then they can afford the cost of the policing. That's a really big, important yeah. clarification. Yes. But I don't think many people knew that. I yeah. deal with poverty a dozen times a day. Sorry, I just I walk yeah. 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 So continue on, Tim. Yeah, we're talking, so, just talking about, you know, exactly. criminalization. What was the second crime? The second one are people that uh, take, basically, well, actually, no, not basically, directly. They're taking advantage of impoverished uh, women who are basically, I would say, not raising their family. They're, they're trying to maintain their addiction through prostitution. And I think if you can afford a hotel room or if you can afford the communication in the vehicle and money to pay for sex, then you could pay for the money it costs to put you in prison. So you're talking about the Johns here? Yes. Okay. Why are we letting okay. them Two have very a break? important clarifications. They're very okay. clarifications. Yeah. Okay. I wouldn't say Johns because, but that's exactly what I mean. I don't know if that's yes. the right lingo. I don't know, but you should have been on my campaign team six months ago so I would get the right lingo because you're oh, you stealing the Twitter. words. Well, there I don't you do go. Twitter and they don't let me tangle we'll my Facebook. We'll talk about that later too. Yeah. 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 No, no, no. That's no, okay. no, it's just that I'm I'm a fat old man that doesn't want to be on Twitter. Okay. But no, there's more to okay. it. You know what? Like like everyone there's, said, there's no shortage of great ideas here, and that's yeah. that's what we're here discussing. That everyone gets out to vote no matter what. Good. Yes. Good. Yeah. No. It's yeah, amazing. No, I, 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 um, I shouldn't belittle uh, modern communication, but I, I like the social networking and the things that you do and Instagram. What the hell was interesting? We figured <laughs> that out. But the reason yeah. I don't do We're that... We're going to take a selfie very soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's fine to do now because I'm at the tail end of my up. career, but no. I've spent the better part of 25 years, actually my entire career, but 25 of it effectively, uh, dealing with people where secrecy is important. So having a public figure face and everything else hasn't been... But if you selected, you'd be yeah, very, be public, very public, Mr. So, I'd and be you're retiring from that portion of the job. I need to know, though. Yes. So if there's one thing that makes you stand out from the rest of the candidates tonight here, what would that be, Tim? Without being insulting to the other candidates? Come on. Okay, let's be clear. Speaking from the heart. Speaking from the heart, what was I gonna, am the what's only gonna one. When someone go into that ballot box next Wednesday and check off 
Tin and I'm not going to say I'm morally superior. I'm not going to say I'm intellectually superior. I'm not going to say that I have the high ground and can tell you what's great for the city. What I can tell you is that I know how to make the city more efficient and respective of your tax dollar. That means I know how to cut into the largest budgets. I know what the utilization rate means, and I know how the system is gamed. I also know not to sit on expert reports that mention certain departments which are grossly overstaffed. And I could talk about all sorts of uh, you know, issues that have led to these historic, what people call sacred cows. But there are very effective ways to market the reduction of those costs because it's not in the benefit of the worker for them to be working, and I know this, to be working 24-hour days, to be piling all those hours up, all that overtime mm -hmm. that Brian Bowman likes to keep mentioning. Well, come on out and do the job, and you tell me if that's a smart way. You're going to end up leaving your family. You're going to end up being disconnected from people. And the question that never gets asked is, why do so many people who are in first line, first responders, paramedics, firefighters, police officers, move out of the city of Winnipeg? That's a tough question, because if we were going to go out to a restaurant afterwards, and one of us here was a health inspector and said, oh, no, no, we can't eat there, well, the same thing applies. Why are all these first responders not living here? And that's what I'd like to change. And I know how to change it. Okay. I will guarantee you, with maybe a slight exception for Doug Wilson, the rest of them are clueless on how to turn that around. And their concepts of efficiency, those are outside consultants looking at wall charts and maps and, and bar graphs. That's not how it's done. You go tell the people who, who are actually doing the job, and they'll tell you how to do it more efficiently. Yeah. So I reverse engineer what's wrong with the city. I talk to the people that I know, and I expand that once we're done with the biggest budget, which is the police budget. We'll go over to fire paramedic, and then we'll get over to the other slices of that pie. But what people who are politicians constantly confuse, because they don't have a business background, is they confuse cost with value. Well, you're always going to find somebody to do it cheaper. That doesn't make it better. So all we're right. going to implement all yeah. the other parts of that. I'm going on again. Sorry about that. You know, well, we, we could work on that, you know? When you, yeah, work yep. on just, but you brought some really important points out. And that's, you know, we Thank just wanted to say, yeah. Okay, now, who Tim is now? What, what is this? <laughs> we're broadcasting uh, live. I'll let Tracy answer. Yeah, well, we are the Hugh crew. This is Rana. Hi. I'm Tracy. Susie. Good evening. And, uh, and I'm Bosley. Great. <laughs> well, that was almost kind of what we do. We just chat about things that are happening in and around the city. But tonight, we wanted to shed light on the candidates running for mayor and uh, get to know a little bit about you. There were definitely some thoughtful answers for today, and I think yeah, that it's important that sure the voters... So fast. There's just so much to get out so there. It's great. It's I know. great. appreciate it. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you very much. I'll take that. And you I really have a great that. night. Oh, thank, thank you very much. You. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Bye-bye. That was oh my goodness. a lot of good information. Yeah, that was really fast. Fast and yeah. furious. Yeah, but you yeah. know what? I think everyone had um, really valuable points yeah. that um, in this in this type of topic right. they hadn't been brought up before. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it was worth noting as well that we have no left-leaning candidates in this election, which yeah, is no. almost a first mm -hmm. for a lot of years, yeah. I would think, if not the only time. Yeah. So the fact that we got these people who would be considered centrist and or center-right uh, right. to talk yeah. about these really important issues speaks a lot. It does. And the fact that the room is almost Very. full also speaks a lot as well. Yeah, it was, it was pretty good. I know. I kind of too miss Jenny. I mean, I was. I really wish I, I, could I can her say her name. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you know, and she is in the running, and and well, I just from a female perspective. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, just I know it was the mayoral mantle, which I'm not a fan of. But at the same time, there was a great article about her in the CBC a couple days ago, talking yes. about her yeah. life experience with this very topic. Yeah. So it was disappointing that we didn't get to see or hear that her perspective. perspective. Yeah, because I think yeah. she would have had some really insightful yeah. things to share with the audience today. Yeah, and Absolutely. what did you think? No, and I think the ones that were here. I mean, uh, we had a good group here today, and I think yeah. they did a great job. And the 
um, to moderate as well. Yeah, thank you. Mary. Um, you absolutely. Uh, you know, it's it's interesting. It's interesting to be on the other side of this and to yeah. kind of watch what is actually happening. Uh, you know, they 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 all have their uh, personalities that surely <laughs> shine throughout it well, all. So that hey, really nice. yeah. No shortage I think of you personality should run. here. I think no. you should run. No, <laughs> my flat answer to that is no. Um, but no, it was good and it was interesting. You know. Uh, it's a very important issue. I kind of feel like there was that component of uh, indigenous urban use, like there's a whole component that was missing out of this entire thing, and, and that kind of yeah, which did made me question. Well, it made me question it. I don't even know if it's more of a relation, but it, it, you know, they sh there should have been maybe a direct said question. That, yeah, about having said that, that, it was a pretty structured format. Yeah. And uh, all things said, though, I mean, it'll make you think. And you next think. week, what, October 24th, that's it. Go the ask for my birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Polls are also open yeah. until I believe the weekend, so please yeah. check yeah. the city website. And it's website so for that important to vote. Yes, you can sit there and make your own decision, but it's not going to count if yeah. you don't yeah. vote. Please. Okay, vote. and yes. then the last thing is, and stretch. Do not be trolling the candidates. Okay, like just because you support one person or the other, let's yeah. just keep the last keep it clean, clean keep it nice. and positive and Ooh. about the city yeah. and. Uh, you know, just keep it cool because, because it's the end week and it always goes negative. And so be happy. But everyone yeah. here who's running is they a fan love, of Winnipeg. Yeah, yeah. And they everyone love the wants city. to make the city yes. successful. Yeah. So. And they have good hearts and they mean well, mm -hmm. so just uh, respect the fact that they put their name on the ballot and just peace be and good. Love. Peace be and good. love from the Hugh <laughs> crew. Thanks for joining us. That's a wrap. Yes, peace and, peace and love. Thanks so much. Okay, take care, guys. The Hugh crew. Signing off. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of ILikeHugh.com. Podcast distribution from the Sound Off Media Company. Hi, I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.